Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name's Barbara P and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is, is Monday, December 4th, and today we're reading from the big book. We are on page XVIII, the very first paragraph beginning in the spring of 1940 and ending with AA had become a national institution. Today's readers are Mary A. for our 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, Tamara C. is the reader of our text, Nancy P. will be reading our closing, and we have our host, Roz G., our uh, newcomer greeter, Susan S.H., and Kathy S. on announcements. Uh, Let's see, reference numbers for yesterday, bear with me. I do not have those, but I'll get those for you. Oh, I do. I'm sorry. The share ID for Sunday, December 3rd, for our special edition, is 20901. Great special edition yesterday. And then we'll get you the number for this meeting towards the end of the meeting. Um, our sole purpose is to, our preamble, sorry, our preamble, OA OA is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now ask Mary A. to read the 12 steps and 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Mary A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling in from Maine. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And the 12 traditions of yeah. The 12 Thanks so much, Mary, and I was going to ask, yes, if you'd read the 12 traditions, too. Thanks so you much. You got it. Yep, happy to do it. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group ought to be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Great. Thanks so much, Mary A. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our big study of the big book on page XVIII in the forward to the second edition the first paragraph beginning in the spring of 1940 and ending in AA had become a national institution. Uh, so I will ask Tamara C. to begin reading this morning. 
Good morning. Thank you. This is Tamara C. I'm grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in Missouri. In the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller Jr. gave a dinner for many of his friends, to which he invited AA members to tell their stories. News of this got on the world wires. Inquiries poured in again, and many people went to the bookstores to get the book Alcoholics Anonymous. By March 1941, the membership had shot up to 2,000. Then Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post and placed such a compelling picture of AA to the general public that alcoholics in need of help really deluged us. By the close of 1941, AA numbered 8,000 members. The mushrooming process was in full swing. AA had become a national institution. So this is just like this crazy, miraculous mushrooming process that in such a very, very short time, it went from like a couple of people to 8,000. And um, I, I think it kind of starts in Bill's story on page 14 where he's, he's laying in the hospital and the thought came to him that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given to him. And he thinks, perhaps I could help some of them. And they, in turn, might work with others. So I don't know if he um, was trying to create an organization, but Bill did tend to have, um, like, grandiose ideas of, of, you know, proving his worth. So I don't know. But I just think that, you know, he went out and was frantically trying to help person after person. And for a few months, the only one staying sober was was Bill. But then... Um, you know, he connected with Dr. Bob, and they set about to be helpful and um, had an occasional success. And then pretty soon, you know, boom, this mushrooming process um, was probably beyond their wildest dreams. Um, and so what what I can take from it is that um, I don't need to have grandiose ideas of changing the world. I get to just stay in today and, and pray that prayer, God, today, what can I do for the one who is sick and suffering? And this doesn't just apply for me to um, my fellows in this disease of fighting the food, but also to those around me in my life, my my family, my friends, my coworkers, my students, um, everyone who's just spiritually sick like me and fighting life, you know, to get to just ask, how can I be helpful? And I, I needed this reminder because it's so easy for me to get caught up in, like, am I doing enough? Am I okay? Um it, it's kind of this self-centered um, giving, trying to prove my worth. Um, but thankfully, you know, it's really, it's just beyond my wildest dreams that I get to belong to this fellowship whose primary purpose is to reach those in need of help like I was. And I, I just get to be helpful by telling my story and listening to your story. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much, Tamara C. So we'll now have folks to share. I'll take a list of names, people who'd like to share for three minutes on this. Again, no abstinence requirements. Um, we welcome everyone's shares. And although we do value your experience, we do ask that you limit your share to every third day, though, in order that others might share their experience, too. So with that, let me go ahead. You can start one to unmute. Um, let me take a list of names. Who would like to share? 
Vicki V. from Maryland. Oh, heard somebody from Maryland. Eileen. Eileen from Maryland. Tanya D. Tanya, gotcha. Am I missing somebody in the background? I've got Eileen and Tanya. Vicky V. Vicky. Anybody else want to kick us off? All right. Well, let's get started with these three folks. So we've got um, Eileen, Tanya, and Vicki. Eileen, go right ahead for three minutes. Oh, thank you. Hi, my name is Eileen D. I'm from Maryland. Um, and I am just so blessed that uh, AA was founded, that that I, you know, am able to be part of the many thousands of folks who have been given hope and experience and love and fellowship, uh, being in a, a group of people who understand me and I in turn understand you. Um, it's just, it just, I just wanted to just kind of jump in and say, I'm in a new transition in my life. I'm now, I've been a Nana for a lot, many years, but now I live with my family. And uh, without the 12 steps, without you guys, it might be really, really tough. Um, and uh, the good people, I have nothing wrong with them, but uh, there is something about being able to talk with our fellows and to say, um, you know, do a 10 step and uh, kind of get things out right and make things work um, that without program, I would have eaten over and mightily over. So I just wanted to, to say that I'm very grateful for the program and the gift that uh, that all of you guys give me. I hope it's reciprocal. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, thanks, Eileen D. from Maryland. And Tanya D., you're up next, followed by Vicki V. Hi, this is Tanya D., recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. Um, and what strikes me in this paragraph are, you know, the two events that they described that um, helped, um, you know, AA to grow and in sales. And they're not events that, you know, the founders could have anticipated. Um, because, and, and that's, you know, interesting to me because so often I want to know how something is going to go and I want to know how something's going to get resolved or how it'll turn out. Um, and, you know, the founders, they were just doing their best to keep carrying the message. You know, they were doing the footwork of trying to um, get the organization known and to grow it. But, uh, you know, I bet in 1939, they couldn't have foreseen it's like, well, we just need to have this dinner. And then we just need to have like this guy write this article, you know, at that time. Um, that was, you know, not part of the plan. They were just um, kind of doing what they thought was uh, God's will for them. And then the solution um, came. And, you know, it now, yeah, kind of looking back at it, of course, like two years from publishing to being a national organization is so quick. But I can also see how if I were in there, she'd be like, why isn't the book selling yet? You know, it's been, you know, two days since it's been in stores and it's not flying off the shelves. And I think that's kind of how it happened is that it wasn't an instant overnight success. It did take uh, like over a year and with, again, various events that they couldn't have anticipated helping them grow. And it 
it's just really a good example of faith when I know that uh, something is God's will for me. I can just keep doing the footwork and accept that I don't know how things will be resolved and um, and just uh, trust on that. And I am grateful that they kept doing the footwork and that, you know, higher power or whatever made those other um, things they couldn't have foreseen happen and that now we have not just AA but uh, OA and um, we're all kind of uh, recovering together. Thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Oh, thanks, Tanya D. from Illinois for popping in. Let me just remind everybody where we are. We are on page XBIII, the first paragraph beginning in the spring of 1940, ending in AA had become a national institution. And Vicki V., you are up, and then I'll be taking a new list of names. So, Vicki, step right up. Good morning. Thank you. This is Vicki V. from New York. Uh, so happy to be here today. You know, before I was born, alcoholism was a part of my life. It was destined to be part of my foundation. And for many, many, many years, it was an underlying fear, but I, it was unknown. You know, but there were people in my life talking about it, and there's no coincidence that I kind of went into the field, the medical portion of it. Um, there's, there's the part that you hear, like it says how he, you know, invited his friends over to tell their stories. I've been hearing those stories my entire life, and I thank God for the alcoholics in my life that brought me into the 12 Steps uh, programs um, in 2008 because it has changed my world. And the relationships that I have today are due to the grace of God that I found in this program. I am an alcoholic, and reading the big book, I can relate to Jim in every single way. Food, definitely food, but control, fear, manipulation, worry, excitement, all of that stuff. It's just amazing. I'm going to keep coming back, and I thank you all for being here today. I had no idea you guys were here four years ago. And now every meeting I go on, there is 40 to 500 people. It's just amazing. Thank you so much for the service you all do. Have a blessed day. I pass. Thanks, Vicki V. from New York for your service. Glad you stepped up to share. Who else would like to share? I'm taking a list of names. And just if you have shared in the last three days, please hold off and let others, let others share. Who else? And just press star one to share. Jessica C. Jessica. Jennifer H. Jennifer. Trista. Helen. Mary A. Oh, Mary A. I hear you. And who was the other one? Helen C. Okay. Helen C. Gotcha. Jennifer H. Jennifer H. And I had a Jennifer H. at the beginning. So let that me see me. if I'm doubling. Sure if you heard me. Yeah, you got me. No worries. No worries. Gotcha. Oshawa W. And I'm sorry, say again. Oshawa W. Oshawa W. Gotcha. Okay, well, let's stop there, and then we'll, we should have time for more. But the list I have is Jessica C. L, Mary A, Helen C, and Ajua W. Okay, Jessica C, you are up. 
Hi, good morning. My name is Jessica C. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Seattle, Washington. And um, I love this paragraph when it's talking about the mushrooming process that takes place, you know, and the reason why is, well, first, I have to say today is one year. And I just have to share it because this is my home group. And, um, you know, when I'm working with um, sponsees, you know, the first thing that I let them know is, is that I'm giving them this work to give it away. And um, I don't know what number I am. You know, we had uh, Bill and then we had Dr. Bob and AA number three. And, you know, through working with others, it's just exponentially grown. I wish I knew which number because I think that would be awesome. But that's really not what's important. What's important is that I got the message and I give it away and then they're going to give it away. And it's just this beautiful chain reaction that happens. And um, I'm grateful to be part of that today because for the people that came before me, I wouldn't have um, any solution if if they hadn't not only come but stayed and shared. And um, for that, I'm really grateful. And I want to thank everybody here because you all had a part in that in my life. And that's all I have today. I'll pass. Uh, thank you, Jessica C., and congratulations, Jennifer H., you are up, followed by Trista L. Hi, this is Jennifer H. from Virginia. Um, grateful to be here, grateful to be um, just moving on step 12 here, going through the steps with my sponsor, and it is so powerful to go back and um, Remember what a struggle this was, what a small thing, and to see the growth and the number of lives um, that are affected by this book. You know, there's so many people in OA, um, and it's astounding now that, you know, the world has kind of opened up with technology to gather people from all over the world, um, that the seed was planted back then, and when people were really, literally doing footwork and hitting the pavement, um, it just really helps to remind me how important working with others and staying connected is. I cannot do this by myself. I have to stay connected. I have to stay connected to a higher power. And and so much, I feel my higher power so much through the other people in this program. It's um, been so helpful to me. So that's all I wanted to share, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. I pass. Great. Thank you, Jennifer H. in Virginia. Trisha L., you are up followed by Mary A. Good morning, everybody. This is Krista F, K-R-I-S-T-A-F, as in Frank, and I'm in Georgia, Recover Compulsive Overeater. And um, the thing that I just really haven't spoken up in in probably two weeks, so I really just wanted to keep a commitment of being a regular share. And um, what I thought of in this reading is that these people were invited, what what started this next level of mushroom was that these people were invited to tell their stories. And I was just kind of imagining in my mind what that must have been like way back then when, you know, we, we tell our stories now we go to groups and we go to meetings and we tell our stories and it's normal and people, people want to hear speaker meetings and they're interested, but this wasn't a thing then. And I just could only imagine how, overwhelming and scary that must have been to be invited to John D. Rockefeller's house to tell their story about um, their, you know, probably some of their worst possible stories that they didn't want to tell anybody. And 
it just encouraged me that because people were brave enough to speak up and to share and to tell their stories, no matter what they were like, that that, that allowed the next wave of um, this amazing God movement to take place. And it, it just prompted me to to be willing to speak up today and say that uh, I'm grateful to be a part of, of Overeaters Anonymous today and to have abstinence today and to not be owned by the food for today. And uh, I also want to say that I was the 12-step reader today, and I've been waiting and waiting to get a service shot on vision, and I totally forgot it was already December, so I apologize. I was just sitting here in prayer meditation and signed on at 7 and heard uh, Mary read for me. So I appreciate the coverage, and I will remember next time. Everybody have a great day. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Krista F. and Georgia, and we'll look forward to you next Monday. No worries. Mary A., you are up, and you'll be followed by Helen C. Hi, everyone. Good morning. It's Mary A. calling in from Portland, Maine, um, recovered compulsive overeater by God's grace and help of this fellowship and this program of action. And thank you, um, Barbara, for your service, and thanks to everybody who's shared so far. I, too, am really struck by, you know, in 1940, Bill was only what, four and a half years sober, Bob right behind him. And um, the thought, like if I were to plot out a chart of the growth of Alcoholics Anonymous in this time period, you know, it would be kind of like a flat line toward the bottom, but then you get to March of 41 and it's 2000, and then you get to like December of 41 and it's 8,000. Imagine the slope of that line of how quickly it's accelerating. And what strikes me is each person who was doing the footwork, who was passing on their own experience, strength, and hope, passing on the program of action to the next person, had zero guarantee about whether or not that next person was going to get it. And that reminds me that it's not my job to produce outcomes. It's my job to show up and do the work and to keep my connection with my higher power as clear and as clean as is humanly possible for this compulsive overeater and pass that along. And then it's up to God who's going to get it and who's not going to get it. And when I put my faith in God's loving hands, look at all the people who get it, right? In in the span of nine quick months to go from 2,000 to 8,000, nobody could have controlled that or orchestrated that, even with their very best thinking. It had to be divine intervention, and it had to be because the solution works. And so I'm reminded this morning that I'm called to just give it away, give it away, give it away, and let go of the outcomes and trust that it's in God's divine plan Uh, that our solution will take hold, has taken hold, will continue to take hold, and that there'll be more people who will get the relief from compulsive overeating uh, that I have been so blessed to enjoy uh, and the neutrality that comes along with that. So thank you for allowing me to uh, serve, and I pass. Thank you, Mary A. up in Maine this morning. Just a reminder to everybody, we are on page XDIII in the forwarded second edition uh, in the spring of 1940. Just reading that, reading and sharing on that first paragraph. 
So I have Helen C. up next, followed by Ajua W., and then we'll be taking some more names. Yes, I'm Helen C. I'm from Virginia. I'm recovered, compulsively recovered for today. And when I hear this paragraph being read today, it is, when I reflect back, this is more amazing than, you know, than, you know, I would imagine. Because back in, uh, in the 40s, I was born in 1935, so I, I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> that we had, uh, if you uh, mail a letter and you wanted to go fast, you had to pay for airmail. And if you want something even more special, you had to pay extra for special delivery. We had telegraph at that time. We had, uh, if we uh, have a phone call, and if we uh, were out of our area, we had to pay extra. Now I can call over, you know, all over the country and, and not pay a dime just for my regular phone, my phone bill. So this is a lot more amazing than I would have ever thought. How did it mushroom like that? I mean, it must have been a God thing. Because, um, you know, thinking about that time, you know, and when we think about it and don't, if I really don't really think about it deeply, I'm thinking about, you know, what we can do now with phones and whatever and, you know, and computers and whatnot. But this is way before that time. And uh, could we get anything to mushroom that fast in this day and time? And this is with the communication that they were having at that time. This is a lot more amazing than, than, you know, I would think. It is such a beautiful thing. So I know that God was in the midst of this. And I'm ever grateful because today I have a solution to my compulsive overeating. And without that, pro- without the program, I would not have a, pro- a, a program. So glad you all are here, that giving service. And thank you for allowing me to have the opportunity to share. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Helen C. in Virginia. And Ajua W., you are up next. After that, we'll be taking a list of names. Hi, good morning. I'm Ajua W., compulsive overeater in Vermont. Um, great to be here again and sharing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to jump in and say that there. I feel a lot of things. I feel wonder and awe um, and gratitude when I hear this paragraph. But the truth is that what I fear the, feel the most is what I think I have to admit is actually my God, which is fear. Um, and it's, it's, about, it's about two things. The first is just the amazing, the amazing experience that it must have been to be just a few people and then all of a sudden so many people and to really um, be in the public eye in that way. And... Uh, you know, so in my own life, just recently, I got some really, really big news that is um, that has the potential to catapult my well, not potential, it will catapult my responsibilities um, and potentially my reach um, pretty much immediately. And I just have such fear of giving my life to. Um, to my work, to God fully, 100%. And 
I don't want that fear. It's just been, it's been really painful to recognize how much fear is still in there um, and paralyzes me from doing things with the gifts that God has given me. But the second fear and awe and amazement that I have is just around the fact that, as somebody else said, you know, folks came and they told a very vulnerable story in a very public and high society space. And it was their vulnerability, um, not their success or their looking good or whatever, that caused this movement. And when I was younger, that's just not how I was trained, right? Like I was trained not just by my education, but by my family example to really always put your best foot forward and always hide everything else. Um, and I really believe in my work and in, in being human and what we do as fellows that um, God's power is made perfect in weakness. I believe that like with everything except my actions sometimes. <laughs> uh, I just feel so afraid that I'm gonna mess up in, in big ways and, you know, because I have like 20 years ago and I'm afraid that there won't be grace and none of that fear is God. None of that fear is emotional sobriety and all of it is stuff that I need to lay at the altar of program and of faith if I'm going to do this big thing that God has now set before me, um, being unwilling to accept my evasion anymore. So I'm so grateful that you guys are here and that I can just claim my seat with that because it is, um, it's really become paralyzed, not paralyzing, but it's what I wake up with. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Ajua W. up in Vermont. Um, so we can now take another list of names, page XBII, first paragraph in the spring of 1940. Who else would like to share Jackie on that D. paragraph? Jackie. Joni Jackie C. Joni C. Jackie, Joni. We can get about four or five. Mandy F. Is that Sandy? Chris G. In Tennessee. Chris G. Um, Mandy S. Oh, Mandy. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Nadia E. Okay, great. Let's stop there, and then we'll see what we have time for. So did you hear we, Nadia E? I did. Nadia E. Got you. Okay. So yeah, no problem. So we've got Jackie D, Joni C, Mandy, and I believe S or F, Chris G, and Nadia E. So Jackie, go ahead. You're you're up. Yes. Thank you so very much. My name is Jackie. And I'm from Foxborough, Massachusetts, and so grateful to be on the line this morning. I don't speak that much um, on this meeting, but I'm trying to get my, my voice out there. So I am so grateful for our founders, the founders of this program, and I love learning about the history of this program. And, you know, I'm thinking about the Rockefellers. Ooh, they got to talk to the Rockefellers, you know. Um, we alcoholics, you know, we're important people. And uh, I'm just so grateful that the message was spread in the manner that it was spread. And um, 
you know, and that people really stick to those traditions to make sure and to preserve our program. Um, it's just a wonderful, miraculous thing. Somebody talks about this being God-given and divinely inspired, and I believe in that as well. So today, I am 25 days abstinent, and um, I feel be- I feel great. I feel so free. I feel um, serenity. I had a challenge with a coworker on Friday, and I go back into work today. I'm going to have courage. Today, my, my, the word of the day for me today is courage, walking with my head held high, know that I'm no better than anybody, uh, know that I'm not less than anybody. I'm just another bozo on the bus, as they say. But in order to do that today, I need to turn my will, my thinking, my behaviors, my actions over to a power greater than myself, and I need to do God's will. So there's two two ways to have will. One is mine and one is God. And I'm hoping today that I can just really keep God in the forefront of my mind and have courage. So with that, I would like to pass and say thank you for letting me share. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Jackie B. from Massachusetts. Joni C., you're up, followed by Mandy F. Good morning. This is Joni C., um, a compulsive overeater from Minnesota. Um, First of all, I just want to apologize. I had trouble getting on today. Um, But anyway, I was supposed to read the traditions, and I thank you for covering me. Um, The thing that strikes me about this paragraph is that it's just such a miracle. And, And the words inquiries poured in, just it, it, um, the hope that people must have had when they heard about this, um, and and uh, it just makes it um, to me it it just it shows me that I'm required to tell my story to stay abstinent, and I need to pay it forward, and um, it's it's a miracle just a miracle, and I'm grateful. And with that, I pass. Great. Thank you, Joni C., and no worries. From Minnesota, Mandy, you are up, followed by Chris G. Hi, uh, this is Mandy at, uh, from Chicago, and uh, I really like the paragraph a lot. Um, it just goes to show how many people were really suffering um, without anyone knowing, you know, it went from just a couple people to 8,000, and that's because there are so many people out there that are suffering, and now, you know, in this day and age, more people are able to get help because, you know, we have phone meetings and online meetings and everything, but back then, they only had, you know, word of mouth, so it's just amazing how much this program has grown uh, over the years and helped and saved so many lives. Uh, That's all I have. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much, Mandy, for stepping in from Illinois. Chris G., you are up and followed by Nadia E. Good morning. This is Chris G., and I'm so glad to be here today. I uh, wasn't in the meeting uh, last week, and so I am back, and it feels really, really good. Personally, uh, just knowing where we were at and and reading it before the meeting and, and getting looking forward to, you know, this next week in the book. Um, it, it, it's, it's tremendous, and, and I look 
I, I looked to AA. I, I, I had to look to AA in the past uh, to understand uh, this book. And, and, and I looked to um, AA as an example of um, leadership and, and, and working the program. I do. And uh, OA, um, it, it's such a good thing to belong to this vision meeting because I have made friends all over the country and it's, it's just been wonderful to have these, uh, these people know me and, and to be known by them. It's just great. And there's so much opportunity for, for growth and, and personal growth and, and understanding this book. And um, the understanding right now for me is about the traditions in this next paragraph. It, it talks about what are the traditions and why are they important and, and where did they come from? And, and, and we, we mentioned them in our meetings. We mentioned these are the traditions. And this is stuff that we need to know, but, but we don't always know the history. And if we study this book, we can find out why they're important and what, you know, what is important and, and, and where it came from and how it came about. And the understanding in the, in the beginning of the book about the allergy of the body and the, and the, and the obsession of the mind and, and the uh, solution, all these things uh, are, helpful, are helpful to know and to understand uh, uh, the interrelations of them. And I appreciate everyone that uh, participates and that I can almost take for granted that this meeting is going to be here whether I'm here or not. And, and it's not dependent on me. I'm proud to belong and to be a member and to be a part of. But it's not, it's not my possession. It's, it's our 12-step it's our, uh, uh, program. So with that, I pass. Wow, thank you. Chris G. from Tennessee. Um, Nadia E., you are up. And after that, we'll be taking a, a list. We'll have, we should have a couple more minutes for shares. Good morning, my beautiful family. It's Nadia E. from Toronto, Canada. And I'm so grateful that I actually got on because I tried so many times. I'm like, Nadia E., Nadia E., and I, you didn't hear me. So I thought, okay perseverance <laughs> I'm going to hang up and try one more time and uh, here I am so I'm grateful and you know just reading the sentence just knowing that it was spring and when I hear the word spring I think about new birth and that's what it was it was just boom all of a sudden um, just a few people and then it's like 800 people or whatever and I just kept mushrooming and mushrooming, and that and it continues today, after so many years. Um, and just you know, getting that recognition, getting that that um, that little you know the little seed that was planted, and then um, you know Rockefeller. It takes, I guess, sometimes to know somebody who's who, who can put the word out there, and um, and that's what I, I I try to remember that. Um, uh, and then just today, you know, I'm just, it's a new, it's a new day and I don't know what's going to happen today. Um, and I just, I surrender control and I surrender, um, you know, my, my agenda. Um, you know, I can just have a, a draft or just a little, uh, an outline and present that to power. 
and align my will. Like I just, I have to just shut up and listen and just say, okay, God, you know, what's the next great thing? What's important and what is not? And it all started way back in, in the 1940s. And, you know, just thinking about all the people on this line, all the people, not just this line today, but all the people in vision um, that, that, that work this program to the best of their ability. And that's what it's all about. And then and sharing the message, sharing my experience, strength, and hope. Um, so next month will be 29 years of abstinence for me. But the true recovery began, I believe, when I started listening to A Vision for You. And I try to listen every day um, as much as I can. And um, yeah, so thank you, my beautiful family. Wishing you all a wonderful day. Thanks, Natal. Bye. Thank you, Nadia E. from Canada, Toronto, Canada. And I'm so glad we we heard you. Um, Okay, so we are reading an XBIII, first paragraph in the spring of 1940, one paragraph only. So we have time probably for three more shares. Who would like to take This is Larry K. Allison M. in D.C. Gotcha, Allison M. Mary Lou G., Massachusetts. Mary Lou G., Massachusetts. Let's see where we are right after Mary Lou. So, Larry, go right ahead. Oh, good morning. Uh, thank you for your service. This is Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. I just wanted to chime on quickly about, um, you know, we're reading about some of the history. And I guess the question is, you know, does, does um, an understanding of the history of AA and OA is that a criteria for having had a spiritual transformation that will eradicate this obsession? I think we know the answer to that, and the answer is emphatically no. Now, that said, I will say for me that studying the history was really important. It's kind of like I'm not going to be kicked out of my immediate family if I don't have a deeper understanding of the prior generations. But I will tell you that it, 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 it adds to the texture and it adds studying history is like looking into a mirror that reflects the past, you know, to us to help illuminate the present and guide the future. And, it, and, and just as a, a mirror helps us to see our reflection and appreciate how, you know, we've changed over time. Um, the history allows us to reflect on, on these experiences and either God uses human beings that he created to help other human beings or he doesn't. I happen to believe that he does. And in that context, my motive for trying to understand this beautiful history is so that I have a deeper context. I can carry a message that might just, the message is there. God doesn't need my help, but I think God chose to use us. And so if I understand the context a little bit, don't have to be an expert at it. I don't have a great memory, but the repetition of understanding the history and also paying homage to those that come before us, whether it's the the generations in my own family, okay, and learning from that, or the the, the shoulders of these people, these imperfect giants of people. Um, That that understanding, because someone's going to look back 
2023, perhaps 100 years from now, 200 years from now. And, and maybe vision for you will still be around, and they'll look at the history of that, and it will give them context. I think Roseanne would be very proud. I think Bill W. And, and Dr. Bob and other pioneers would be very proud. That's why I study the history. It's very important to me. With that, I pass. Thanks. Hey, thank you, Larry Kay from Chicago, Illinois. Allison M., you are up, and you'll be followed by Mary Lou G. Um, hi. <clears throat> hi, this is Allison uh, M., recovering in um, D.C. And, um, man, I just, uh, first of all, I just want to thank so much the opening, the, the lead share and the focus on um, grandiosity. Uh, because that is certainly an ailment of mine and um, uh, because I think I'm either uh, worthless or I'm everything. And uh, so I can really um, tend towards a grandiose thought about um, um, where, where I need to, where I need to take things and how I need to make things happen. And this is such a beautiful passage about, about doing our part and and um stepping stepping back and letting somebody else do their part and trusting that that all parts together uh will come together to um to make the the, the perfect thing happen and that it's um was that just time I'm not sure if I heard that um no, um, no you okay. still have 2 minutes okay <laughs> All right, so um uh um uh oh gosh um oh so um it also reminds me about the beautiful tradition the 12th tradition um placing principles before personalities um it's not about um it's not about Rockefeller being so amazing and fabulous or you know rich uh it's it's about how we get the message across uh what uh how we can all be an instrument of uh change and progress and um and none of us greater none of us uh less and um uh yeah and then as soon as i do my part i i um i ask god for my next direction and trust that that's that's the the part I need to play and um, have willingness to do that. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Allison M. from D.C. Mary Lou G., you are up next. And then we may have time for another share. Good morning. This is Mary Lou G. from Massachusetts. So grateful to be here today, and thank you all for your service, and thank you, everybody, for your shares. This history here uh, just brings me back to my own dad, who was an alcoholic alive during this particular time. He was born in 1909, so so he's about in his early 20s at that point in time, at the point we're reading about, and um, already, you know, um, convincingly, convincingly an alcoholic. And I wasn't born until uh, 1950. So um, he was really full blown into his disease by by um, by my early life, and um, his his disease colored uh, most of my life. I'm 73 years old now, and it it has colored me so much. 
And why I'm grateful to be reading this and to be part of Visions. I've been here for about three years now. I, I don't share often either, but I'm happy to use my voice and be part of this group that I feel is my home group as well, where I live and I learn and I love and I enjoy my life now. Um, I wish so much that my dad had been, uh, had ears to hear um, the story. And uh, I wish that he had recovered. He died at age 69 when I was only 29 um, uh, from the disease and complications as medical history and whatnot. But, you know, I guess the gift of it all is that I get to be part of the solution myself. I get to listen and to learn and to change my life with God uh, in my life. And and I am I have the joy and the privilege of being a sponsor for the first time right now. And I love my sponsee and I listen to everything everybody says about, you know, um, I just share my story and my experience at, at my level and, you know, just, you know, open the, the space for God to come and do God's work in my new sponsee. But I just wanted to claim my voice, claim my seat, uh, it, you know, express how grateful I am and uh, to understand this this thing that I hear a lot of people saying, you know, now I get to give it away for fun and for free. And I'm so, so grateful to have this solution after many years of seeking and searching to have this solution that works. And I love in the big book where it says it works. It really does. So um, thank you, everybody. Uh, send blessings in this beautiful season. And um I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Lou G. in Massachusetts. We have time for a one-minute share, if anybody would like that. Maria B. from Vermont. Okay, I heard Vermont. That's that's who I have. Maria B. from Vermont. Maria, go for it. Hi, I'm Maria B. from Vermont, um, and formerly in New Hampshire, a compulsive overeater working with an OA vision for you sponsor. It almost drives the tears into my uh, throat, being so grateful that um, I, have, I have an OA sponsor now um, in a vision for you, and um, that um, I'm learning to live abstinently. Um, and recently, um, I proudly or gratefully, or both, told my OA sponsor how I, by God's grace, was able to change a food behavior or an abstinence behavior, uh, which for me is or was um, watching, uh, say, Netflix or some show in bed on my laptop, which then was associated with snacking for me for the last 10 years, I should say. And we had a language barrier, maybe, or a whatnot barrier, because she says, oh, Oh, what you're saying is, is you're abstinent. And I was like, yeah. And I'm, you know, I was so happy to report that that's a behavior around the food that God was able to deal, help me deal with one day at a time, one night at a time, which for me was gigantic. And she says, oh, you're abstinent. So whatever it is, whether it be the food behavior associated with me becoming compulsive in real life and doing mm-hmm. it, you know, it's all that. So I'm just so grateful to learn this new concept in life. So thank you. Bye. 
Thank you, Maria B. in Vermont for closing us out. Thank you, everyone who shared. We had 18 shares today. That's record, I think. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So we'll continue on. Our share ID for today, Wednesday, December 4th, is 20902. We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy P. from Massachusetts please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through, we'll keep you until then. I will. Thank you for letting me share. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do and who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to you pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.